This little light of mine. Welcome to the Witness to Love podcast, where we discuss the transforming power of authentic witnesses and community that marriages and families create for our church and world. I'm Mary Rose Verrett. And I'm Ryan Verrett. We are a Catholic married couple seeking to draw other married couples closer to Christ. We release a podcast every third Thursday of the month. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you are here. We're so excited to have you, Greg and Julie, on our podcast this month, and uh, we just, we really enjoyed the, the witness that you gave last month uh, with uh, just an incredible witness, and then all the tips for couples on, on really how to uh, just heal and grow and connect in their marriage. It was a really, uh, really great list. Ryan and I were going through it. Yeah, I'm always uh, just um, kind of in awe, and, and, and it's sobering when you hear from couples the, the intentional way we have to approach belonging to each other to our spouses and to the Lord. And I think it's sort of clearly rooted in scripture that, you know, we have to kind of leave our original places and our original kind of relationships um, to grow into this new relationship of being kind of interdependent uh, with each other, but specifically with our spouses. So, and I know you you two get this really well and uh, you're a family first, marriage first sort of couple. And I think that your message is really relevant for for all of us today who are trying to move out of isolation and individualism to uh, being connected you know, so thank you for joining us. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for what you do. And, and I want to go to what you said, Ryan, about being intentional about our marriages. And unfortunately, there's many of us who come into marriage who don't know what it means to be intentional or how to be intentional because they come from homes where they haven't had it properly modeled, if you will. And so much of our work on behalf of the Alexander House through our marriage discipling is just that, helping couples to, to come back to understand what it is that they have to actually have to do and live out in their marriage to one, be intentional, but allow that sense of belonging to be felt on behalf of their spouse. Mm-hmm. And, and for those who are listening, yeah, we, uh, if you're just listening to the podcast and you haven't uh, watched the Witness videos or joined the Year of Belonging, which is part of our Be Life series, you can go to our website and, and register for the Year of Belonging. Um, but this podcast uh, is, is really available to anyone, but this, this, this is a deeper conversation built on, wit- on the witness videos that, that are shared. So last month was Greg and Julie Alexander, and uh, just we so appreciated that. And, and we wanted to share uh, and kind of have a conversation today just between couples about uh, just how can we really belong to each other and to Christ and to the church and kind of, if we do that, what does it look like? And I wanted to share with y'all a story and maybe just kind of talk about it a little bit if, if there's been examples like this in, in your life, and, I, and I'm sure we, we all have stories, um, but I was uh, stopping by a friend's house on the way from dropping the kids off at school last week, and she said, I just want to share this story with you. She said, you know, a few months ago, we were chosen as a mentor couple through Witness to Love, and the couple that we're mentoring, they just had such a transformation, such a conversion. Um, they've, you know, they've joined uh, RCIA. They're, they're, they're just, they're getting, you know, all their other sacraments. They're, they're really growing. They're coming to church with us. And they've had such a conversion and such a transformation um, that another very young friend of theirs, who is uh, this young couple, they're not engaged. They're, they're seriously dating and they're, you know, uh, early 20s. They now are looking at this engaged couple who's having this conversion and saying, I want what they have. So there's this ripple effect. And so the engaged couple says to their mentors, hey, like, how can we invite them to come to church and to have more and to be more kind of in this way, but like without being sort of preachy and pushy, how do we do that? And 
So the mentor couple's like, look, just say, hey, you know, why don't you join us for mass on Sunday and, you know, go, like grab a bite to eat afterwards. They're like, you know, just make it really natural. And so the next Sunday, the mentor couple was in the pew, the engaged couple was in the pew, and this dating couple who was looking up, everybody's sitting together in the pew, and then they go, they go out and have a bite to eat. I mean, that's so organic, so natural, so beautiful, but it, it all just comes from people living out their wedding vows or wanting to learn what it takes to live out your wedding vows. And so I, I just I just want to share that story as an example of, of, of what like a witness and, and the desire that that can awaken in another couple, like be in community with other couples and just the beautiful fruits that come from that. So I just, just wanted to share that with y'all and just kind of, you know, maybe hear, you know, just, just like to just talk about this topic and maybe hear any stories y'all have. Yeah, no, I, I love that story. Beautiful story. And it's indicative of what many people are searching for. You know, God created this marriage relationship to be full of joy, full of happiness, pleasure, and delight. But unfortunately, many couples are not experiencing that. So therefore, when they see someone who's on fire and who, who exemplifies that, they, they want it. <laughs> I want some of that. Show me how, how do you do that? And that's the beautiful thing about it. And when you start to, to really branch out within the community and bring others within that fold, so to speak, and then you have a whole group, a whole parish full of vibrant couples like that, then marriage is in a good place. It also gives the children something to aspire to. And I, I think many times, you know, we see that cohabitation is, is increasing. And we believe it's nothing more than the fact that they have not seen good married couples that makes them aspire to marriage. And so as a result, you know, I want to be like LeBron James. I want to be like uh, Christina Aguilera or some of these other athletes or actresses that are out there because that point of reference is not found in mom and dad. You know, it's unfortunate many times when you and I do marriage preparation. And the first question we ask is, is there a marriage that you've seen that has been modeled and, and demonstrated the kind of marriage that you want? And unfortunately, that there's not many that can say that there is, even coming from their own homes, not even having seen it with, with mom and dad. Well, I, th I think the greatest lie that we've bought into is that marriage is a personal thing. You know, it's only about the couple. And that's the greatest lie ever, because when it's only about the couple, there's so much destruction that takes place because then it's only about us. But when you realize, and I love your words, witness and your witness to love and all the, all the, the words that are used, because it is truly a witness of our witness to God. What are we doing in terms of God sees all things? How are we witnessing his love to each other? How are we witnessing his love to our children? As Greg said, how are we witnessing it? to the greater, to the culture, to the, to the society, to the church. And it's just so amazing how when we meet with couples and they're at the end of their rope, they, they have no hope. And we tell them each time, it's like, there is so much more than the two of you. It's greater than you. The story is so much bigger than that. And their eyes open, like, really, what do you mean? It's like, because you are here to witness to the world as to what God's love looks like. And when you do that in an attractive way, and it's like Greg said, we always tell couples that we need to be more attractive in our vocation of the sacrament of matrimony. Because when we're attractive, then people want what we have. Sadly, we don't hear that often enough. And it's like, so people look at that and say, if that's what marriage looks like, I want nothing to do with it. So they're, they're, they're afraid, they're fearful. But how awesome would it be to have our children look up to us and say, mom, you know what? 
I want to marry a man like dad. I want to be a wife like you are to dad. Wouldn't that, that would be the greatest compliment I could ever be given. Every, anybody in the world, my children looking to me and saying, I want to be just like you guys are when I get married. Yeah. Well, I want to know, I want to dovetail on that because there was a couple that we were speaking to and they were so excited because their daughter was going out on this date and they knew that the, her, her fiance or her boyfriend was going to propose. And of course he had to go and ask them for their, her hand in marriage. And so they were all excited. And, and these two had been dating like ever since middle school and going up throughout the years. And so uh, the guy came and picked her up. They went out on the date. She came back home and mom and dad were sitting in the living room, all excited. Said, hey, what happened? How did it go? She said, well, it was okay. I said, well, did he propose? And they said, she said, yes. What well, did you accept? And she said, no. And, oh my goodness, why not? And she said, because I was sitting there reflecting on having to spend the rest of my life with this guy. And as I started thinking about him, I realized that he didn't even come close to being the man your dad is to you in, in your marriage. And I'm like, wow, how, how awesome is that, you know, for your daughter to be looking for their future spouse based on what they've experienced with their earthly father. And, and that's what wow. it's all about, exemplifying <laughs> that model to show them that this is what it should look like. And as we are always reminding the couples as well, we're not here just to work on your marriage or help you in your marriage, but we want to help you be the marriage preparation that you have to be for your children. I said, because wow. operating- I, love, I love that point, Greg. I just, uh, I think just the opportunity to, uh, to bring light and hope into a generation that feels uh, that the, you know, the marriages before the institutions before that come before us have, have just really failed. And um, this sort of doubt that uh, people can really have that beautiful kind of love ever after, you know, sort of uh, experience and there's no fairy tale this, you know, but it's sort of, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful to hear that because it, I think in the, I think our experience is that this resonates deeply in people. We were designed for commitment and to, um, to be in a, a loving relationship and to be able to be in relationships that we can also love in return, kind of give back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, it's, I think it's just so relevant, obviously, today. This, uh, was it last weekend? Over the weekend, we tried to have like family movie night with our kids and uh, uh, they, much to our nine-year-old son's uh, chagrin, uh, uh, the uh, Cinderella directed by Kenneth Brownell was chosen. And uh, he had to grudgingly admit at the end, hey, you know, it wasn't so bad. You know, there was some cool, funny fight scenes and things. But um, the girls were just totally in awe of, you know, the prince and Cinderella and the, you know, the romance. And our three-year-old said to Ryan, Daddy, will you marry me when I grow up? Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I love, I love it. you every day, those big three-year-old yes. brown eyes. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> How beautiful. Oh, you want. I'll go get it for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. That is, oh, what a beautiful story. There's a scene that really struck our 10-year-old, and it's when Cinderella comes down the stairs after, you know, she's been up and locked up in the tower, and the, the captain of the guard unlocks the door. You know, she sings that song out the window. The captain of the guard, you know, goes up there and lets the princess out the tower, and she comes down, and she's standing on the stairs, and the narrator says, um, uh, basically, to be seen as you truly are, wow. uh, but to, you know, to basically like still be loved. I can't remember the next line, but basically the whole thing was about like, here she is in rags, the glass slipper's broken, 
you know, she also it's just she she is as she truly is, and basically to be loved at, for who you truly are and to be seen as who you you know truly are. I could tell that was really resonating with our ten year old that she's not in the gorgeous princess dress anymore. She's in rags, and she's going to be seen as she truly is. And is the prince still going to love her? Right? Like that's the whole um, sort of sort of high point of the drama, wow. and. I just thought that was so like when we said like what struck you about the movie and she's like, you know, it's like when the prince saw her and she was as she truly is. And I think that a lot of times, whether it's in the way that we uh, sort of pray to pray to God, the way that we uh, sort of expect our spouse to respond to us or our kids, you know, like to be seen as who we truly are, you know, with, with our, our, our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities and our wounds and our strengths and our gifts and just kind of the whole melting pot that that is. I think a lot of times when, when we see kind of, you know, couples who are newly married, I know like when we first got married, you know, it was just kind of like this, you know, can I, can I be seen as who I truly am? You know, and, and I think, you know, I, immediately when we were first married, I had like the worst morning sickness on the planet. So um, it was like, Ryan. And I didn't know how to take a curve slowly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to anybody there. <laughs> that is so funny. I love what you're saying. Yeah. It comes to that point, literally. I mean, it's that rawness of what we realize is that is the longing of the depths of our heart is we want to be seen and known for who we are, the simplicity of who I am internally. And when we don't know that, because Greg and I met and we were totally clueless of God or anything, having him to do anything in our lives or our relationship. So we kind of did everything to put, put on that facade. I love, you know, in these times I'm seeing all these masks are being worn and things. I'm like, wow, isn't this like all coming to fruition? Because we all wear the masks to, to hide behind who we truly are because we put on this facade to win people's favor to win people over to say hey look I can do all these things and maybe you'll like me and then you get down to the crux of the matter and you're saying wow I am such a sinner I am so hurt I'm so wounded I come from dysfunction or or my background whatever it is but this is who I am I'm not saying we should stay there and we definitely need to move towards who God created us to be but the desire of our heart is to be known and to know somebody so intimately that even in our worst flaws and our ugliest dresses and our broken shoes, that we can still feel that someone really knows who I am, knows me in my heart and loves me for who I am. Yes. I, I, I want to ask you this, this question. I, I love what you're saying. And, and how do you start that process? You've worked with so many couples. What's, uh, what's some practical? Yeah. How do you, you know, I would say from, from my experience, it's sort of in, in the sense of kind of becoming and belonging to each other. We have to kind of be untied from things and mm. we have to learn how to forgive and say, I'm saying not have be kind of burdened and weighed that way down by um, the past or something, but just your experience of working with couples and uh, all of us needed to be, like, how do you, how do you start that? How, what's that? What's those first steps look like for couples in general? Well, you've already <laughs> you've already mentioned it uh, with the word forgiveness is because we we bring first of all so many so much baggage into the relationship that even going back in a dating phase, there's things that we do, and things that we have inflicted upon the other person. A lot of times that really has never been dealt with, 
and has kind of been left there as a cancer to grow and fester and come back and contaminate the marriage. And so that's where we start with couples is the forgiveness process and not so much pointing out what the other person has done to hurt you, but really taking that, that examination of conscience of self to see what it is that you've done to negatively contribute to the marriage relationship. And, and that in and of itself is, is a healing process for many couples because they never experienced that. If anything, the other couple is finally applauding the fact that now you finally owned up to what you were doing that was hurting me in the first place. And, and it just brings a healing. It lets the guards down. It brings them back to that state of peace. And then from that point, it's really starting to help couples understand what we share within in our uh, Be Like video is understanding what it means to be that servant spouse. And again, in this culture that we grew up in, these kids that are coddled by their parents, they come into marriage thinking everything is about me. <laughs> but as you guys know, everything in marriage has nothing to do with you, with the exception of dying to yourself for the sake of your beloved. And that just goes against the grain of anything we've been conditioned to believe because it's all about where do you want to go to school? What do you want to study? Where do you want to live? Who do you want to marry? How many kids do you want to have? Mm -hmm. And, and so everything that we have been conditioned to believe is all about me, you, 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 you. But, but it's not until we begin to die to self for the sake of the beloved that we really come to understand who were we created to be. You know, beautiful document, uh, God in its I think it's paragraph 24, it says, man can only realize self when he's only able to make a sincere gift to self. And so the, the gift is not in the, in the receiving, the gift is in the giving, giving of ourselves to the other person. And when we both mutually adopt that mindset and mentality, marriage becomes this awesome relationship. We're both being fulfilled. It's just the fact that I'm not focusing on myself. I'm so much focusing on my spouse and she on me. And as a result, uh, mission accomplished. And real quick, I want to say, because I don't want to forget, that what he says is goes against the grain of everything our culture is about. So marriage is the most difficult thing you'll ever enter into because everything is pulling at it, tearing away totally opposite of what we see in our culture is what marriage is the opposite of yet. It's the most important mission we'll ever be on because it's that understanding of love, loving, forgiving, sacrificing, dying to self, literally becoming like Christ in our marriage and learning how to love sometimes as he has to love the unlovable, you know, sometimes we feel unlovable and that has so much ramifications, but it's just amazing that, we can be sinners. We can be less than perfect and have our issues. And yet as human beings, we are still together after 35 years, 36 years of knowing each other. That's by the grace of God. It takes so much grace, but that witness that we have is all God's grace that helps us get to the, the not so easy times. And I think, you know, for those couples uh, who are listening right now who have been married, you know, four or five months, a year, you know, I, I think uh, when we were first married, I, mean, I think we've been married like two years. Our year, yeah, we had, we had just had our, about three years and we had just had our second child and um, we had gone on a trip to the beach and it was just like, it was just rough. It was just probably we shouldn't have gone to the beach. It was <laughs> timing. Um, and we were still trying to like juggle work remotely and, and just, it was really a difficult time. And I remember waking up one morning and being like, man, three years down and how many to go? I don't know if this is possible. <laughs> very difficult. In, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh... 
we always kind of jokingly reflect back on that time, you know, money was really tight. And I remember we like bought a pair of little kid shoes and a little like sun bathing suit for our, uh, our toddler at the time. And every time we pull those out for another kid, we look at it, we're like, oh my gosh, do you remember this time? <laughs> that little outfit caused the biggest argument. Because you know? I was friend like $20 on this super cute, you know, um, ruffled orange outfit and these really cute stride right shoes. And I said, she just needs this. Like we're at the beach, I'm buying this for her. And, and we don't have the money for that. It was just this, the biggest argument. And um, I think we'll have to like put the, frame those shoes yeah. and outfit in a shadow box. Shadow <laughs> <laughs> box. Um, but you know, it's just the things that are big things when you're first married, I mean, that you just kind of, you know, the, 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 the challenge and the sort of the, the, the headbutting wasn't the outfitter, wasn't the shoes. It wasn't even the money. It was the stress of the situation that we were in and like, you know, financially, is everything going to work out? And, you know, how can we do more? How can we do less? And, and who, you know, whose fault is it that like, we're, everything's so stressful, right? You know, like it, it becomes, I think a lot of times when, when we get stressed out in marriage, it becomes a finger pointing thing, right? You know, like, well, if you can handle stress better then I can handle stress better and no, it's the other way, you, you know? And so I think when, you know, we talk about this a lot, when, when you're in, when you're married, there's difficult times. When you're married, you're going to sometimes disagree. When you're married, um, if you get in an argument to win it, um, rather than have a conversation, you're married to a loser if you win the argument. Right? <laughs> and I should say, like, it's like one of the most important things, you know, that we've learned and that we share with couples is that don't ever get into an argument, have a conversation, get into a discussion, you know, work on the issue, not on being right, you know, because yeah. if you're right, you will always, uh, it, it will have a negative impact on your relationship because who wants to be married to a loser, even if you win the argument, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, interesting enough, we were working with a couple last night expressing that very same point. And as I share with them that guys in, in marriage, there's no such thing as an individual winner or individual loser. If one of you loses, you both lose. And so really learning how to understand that, when our spouse is speaking to us about an issue or concern in the marriage relationship, don't take it as, as a, a dig or a criticism because he or she is in it for the whole. So things that are being shared or, or offered are things that, that moves the marriage in this positive direction. That's for the greater good for, for both. But too many times we want to take it as a criticism or you don't like what I'm doing or you putting me down. And that in and of itself turns it into an argument. And so many times I'm telling them whenever your spouse first give your spouse that freedom to say even those negative things, because if we don't say them, we have to keep them in the closet. And Satan loves for us to keep that stuff in the dark because he'll he'll take it and twist it and morph it. And it'll become something totally different than what we had intended. So give them that freedom to allow that to surface and then to begin to have the conversation to work to find a resolve. And, and like I said, and, and I have yet to see a marriage where someone just wants to dominate a Lord over the other person want to be right all the time. It's just the fact that I'm bringing this forward because I think it's for the greater good of our marriage. Well, and one of the things I think it's important to recognize or just say, because every couple we meet with, it's like a light goes off in their head when we tell them, you're not against each other. You're on the same team. 
there, there is a battle to be fought. Yes, but it's not against each other. That's what Satan wants you to do. Not me. I'm not pointing at him because he's something. <laughs> that's what he said, Satan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because that's what Satan wants you to do is to point fingers and fight. He's the accuser. He's the one that wants division. He's the one that wants to kill the love. But if we realize that we're in this together to assist one another, when one is weak, the other one is there to to encourage and move forward. When the other one is not feeling the greatest, then they're there to pick the other person up. That's what we're called to do, to move each other toward the goal line. You know, think about a football team. There's no way that you'd want anybody on your team where you're tripping them and you're tackling them in the backfield on your own team. That's ridiculous. But in marriage, it seems like that's what we do. We're sacking our own quarterback. <laughs> we can't get to the goal line and we're tripping each other. Yet we're supposed to know that we're on a team. We're here together and we're here to encourage each other to the final goal, which is eternity with God in heaven, period. And it's a battle. It's a fight. But it's, you're not against each other. You're supposed to be on the same team, encouraging one another to that goal. Absolutely. I want to go back to and touch on something you said, and this is specifically for the newly married couples, because we come into our marriage relationships thinking everything's going to be perfect and wonderful all the time. And, and we see so many couples now that have been married, say one or two years, ready to call it quits because they think that the problem or issue that they're encountering is insurmountable, that, that there's no hope, there's no way out. And, and I mean, we spend an hour, hour and a half with these guys and, and kind of allowing them to know that what they're going through is normal. It's not good, but it's normal. It's what couples typically go through. And that in and of itself gives them that opportunity to exhale and say, okay, you mean we, we got a shot here? I'm like, of course you have a shot. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're watching or listening to, to um, this podcast and, and you find yourself in that um, troubled time, uh, don't despair. Don't think that you married the wrong person or something wrong with marriage. It's just, it's just part of life. And I love what Julie said earlier and, and how beautiful it is as we continue to, to discover each other's shortcomings, for lack of a better words, but yet we still choose to love. And, and that's just such a beautiful thing because none of us are perfect. None of us on this side of the heavens will ever be perfect. And so it's coming to that understanding and loving each other faults and everything else as well but to be there to be, and I keep going back, that witness that, that God has intended us to be. You guys were brilliant coming up with that name because that's, that's, that's perfect. And <laughs> it, it was all Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, I think, you know, and, and as we're wrapping up, I think for, for us, you know, one of the things early on that helped us both during engagement and early years of marriage and, and even still today is, is the more you get to know your spouse and the more you get to know kind of, you know, their sort of history, how God's worked in their life, the wounds that they've had, the, the decisions they've made kind of to, to, to really work hard in the right direction. Um, the, the ways that, you know, something that might be easy for me might be hard for Ryan and vice versa. And, and just like Julie said that like when one is weak, the other strong. And I just, I really believe that that's part of the complementarity, you know, uh, complementarity of the sexes, complementarity uh, in marriage that, you know, God really does, want us to see the other when they're strong and he wants us to help them when they're weak. And I think when we're like not sacking our own uh, quarterback, <laughs> um, it's a lot easier to, uh, to lift each other up and to hold each other up. And just um, that is what marriage is all about. And so I, I think for me, just kind of that, the, the humble awakening, the rude awakening sometimes of guess what, like, 
you know, I didn't realize Ryan was so strong in this area where I'm so weak and vice versa. You know, like it's just, I think God really uses our spouse to show us um, sort of his, his, uh, his tenderness, his, his strength just in the way that, that we relate to each other. So, you know, definitely uh, I think every couple at some point has said, oh my goodness, this is going to be a long time. <laughs> um, but uh, as, as you come through the other side and you just see, you know, there's seasons in life, everything's sort of uh, sort of cyclical in relationships, you know, highs and lows. Um, but when you really commit to sticking to it and living out those wedding vows every single day, that's, that's when it all comes together. Absolutely. And, and really, again, as Julie kind of spoke to and thinking about what is the end goal, what is the prize? And that's helping to usher each other back to heaven. You know, there's many times when we're talking to a couple and we're taking them back to the wedding day and say, you remember that day? And for the husband, when you're standing there at the altar and you're looking back and you see the father of the bride bringing your bride down to hand her over to you. I said, well, there's going to be another day that the two of you are going to go down that aisle. But this time it's going to be one uh, ushering the other and down in a casket. And you're going to be walking down again to the, to the base of that altar to now hand your bride over or your groom over back to the father. And, mm. and that's what it's all about is putting ourselves in that position that when the other takes their last breath, we've done everything within our human power that we can do to help usher that person into the arms of our heavenly father for eternity. And that's the prize. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh it's, it's, that's such a powerful image. And uh, just, we really, really enjoyed this time together and um, just, want to say thank you so much to, to y'all for joining us for your witness for your work for everything that y'all do and uh hopefully we'll have y'all again on this podcast again soon and god bless you oh well god thank you guys you so guys. much thank you for your your kind words but again as you know it's, it's teamwork in this kingdom building and and i think at this day and time there's nothing more critical than the sacrament of marriage that we need to have our focus on because everything springs from it. So with that, thank you guys for what you do, especially on the marriage preparation part, yeah. because if you guys help the couples get it right on the front end, it makes our job easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless you all. Thank you so much. Uh, blessings to you as well. You. Thank you. This little light of mine. Thanks for joining the Witness to Love podcast today. You can learn more about our tools to support God's beautiful vision for your marriage at witnesstolove.org. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you. Share how you and your spouse are being a witness to love in our world by using Witness to Love Movement hashtag on social media, and you'll have a chance to be featured in our stories. Always remember your marriage is called to be a light in the world. We'll see you next month. May God bless your marriage. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine